До приходу цієї віри ми були під охороною закону, у в'язниці, аж доки не настав час, коли Господь відкрив нам шлях віри. Тож закон був нашим охоронцем і захисником та мав привести нас до Христа, щоб ми змогли виправдатися перед Богом вірою своєю. А зараз, коли ця віра прийшла, ми більш не потребуємо, щоб закон був нашим охоронцем. Усі ви, Божі діти, через віру у Ісуса Христа, бо усі, хто хрестилися в Христі, в Христа одяглися. Тож, немає різниці між ідеєм, юдеєм і поганином, рабом і вільною людиною, чоловіком і жінкою, бо всі ви єдині в Ісусі Христі. І якщо ви належите Христу, то ви Абрамові нащадки і спадкоємці згідно з обітницею даною Абрамові, Абрамові Богом. Father God, I pray your blessing on Sophie. I thank you that love of the world and love of each person here playing their part in the life of your church and your mission is on her heart. And I pray as she's not feeling so great today that you would anoint her by your Holy Spirit and give her the words and the strength to share what you have on your heart for us today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. I wasn't going to tell you I wasn't very well. But at least now I get extra grace. So it's fine. Just swapping our drinks so I don't give it to Tom. <laughs> How are you all? I'm Sophie, as Tom said, and I'm the curate here, for those of you that don't know me. Um, and I'm also an avid lover of the, the world and travel. Um, and I didn't say when... Uh, we were meant to because I knew I would get given a microphone and so I could talk for a little bit longer than just saying the places I love and that are on my heart. One is, um, I mentioned recently actually, New Zealand. My sister lives in New Zealand. I've got family in Australia, in Germany, um, and I also spent a long time in India. Um, but also on Friday, my sister-in-law arrived from Kenya um, and her and her family are moving over from Kenya. So, um, Yeah, lots of places I love and know and are, and are dear to me. Um, and it's like that, isn't it? You go somewhere and you meet people who are from that place or who live, sorry, who live there uh, and something happens when you connect with them. Something happens where you go, I feel like I've known you for a long time. Anyone had that experience? I remember when I first turned up in India um, and we, I was only... Uh, 18 years old, I think, and um, I still don't know really why my mum and dad let me go um, at 18, because now I look back, I was not a sensible 18-year-old, but they let me go anyway, um, and so we travelled out there, and um, when I got there, I remember feeling really sort of thrown by everything, travel, everything, I was only 18, it's the first time I'd been really far away on my own, and, um, and then I went to church with uh, the, our host family, and suddenly... I felt like I belonged. Suddenly I knew that I was loved in that place. Suddenly I knew that 
I had family there too. And it was this bizarre, it still blows my mind that you can go somewhere all, on the, all over the other side of the world and feel so connected to someone. And that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of Jesus. And that's the power of God in our world. And so we celebrate that here today. And we celebrate that because that is who God has made us to be. He's made us to be connected, to be one in him. And yet, he's also made us so different. And that is to be celebrated as well. Um, and I'm one of, how many am I? One of four. Yeah, one of four. <laughs> Suddenly couldn't do maths. Um, I'm one of four. I've got three sisters. And people used to say, oh, you all look so similar. And used to really annoy me. Um, it's great now because I'm like, oh, they're, they're beautiful, great. Um, but, but when I was a kid, it used to annoy me because I was like, we're not all the same. <laughs> we are not the same. And it is annoying when you say it because I know how different we are because I live with them and I'm so different to them and and when you get to know a family you suddenly realize how different people are don't you you suddenly realize that oh you might look a little bit similar but the more I get to know you the less alike you look because I know more of who you are compared to that other person and that is the celebration that we are so different and um, I'll get back on to my actual talk now that was just a Ramble. <laughs> when I started secondary school, I, um, you may not, well now may, maybe you would believe it actually, I wasn't very good at public speaking. <laughs> it hasn't started well, has it? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, in the mic, sorry. Uh, yeah, I wasn't very good at public speaking. I hated it. It used to make me really ill. So when I had to deliver a talk or something in, in an English class or when I had to do a presentation that you, everybody just had to do it, I used, to, I used to vote to go first. I'd be like, I'll go first, because the longer I waited, the sicker I felt, and I'd probably leave the room. But So everyone used to be like, oh, you're so confident. And I was beside myself. I'd spend days before feeling unwell, not wanting to go to school. And then when I did it, my feedback, which you may understand, <laughs> was always, you really mumble a lot, Sophie, and you speak so fast, we can't understand what you say. And I was like, yeah. Because I don't want to be here. I don't want to do it. But then, as, a, as an older teenager, when I came to faith, when I came to know Jesus, something happened, and I knew that this kind of feeling I had, where I knew I had something to say, but I was always so awful at saying it, suddenly became, I have something to say because God's made me to say something. And I, and I realized I had the gift of communication, which, again, today may not be in its best, but... I knew that that's how God had made me to be. I had this gift lying in me that made me different, but I couldn't work out what it was until I knew Jesus. And there was something about coming to know Jesus where he called that out of me. And I had words spoken over me that said, you will communicate the gospel to people who really need to hear it in a way that they can understand. And I, I remember at the time being like, I can't even do my presentation in English. When I actually, when I did, this is different because it was in a different language, but when I did my German GCSE, my teacher genuinely said to me before I did the oral exam, have a drink before you come. <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> They'd probably get sacked now. <laughs> but that's how nervous I used to get. Even my teachers noticed it. And now I know that God has called me with this gift. I um, read a story uh, in the paper in February, I don't know if you saw it, where the, a mosaic that's uh, an old Roman mosaic was discovered. Did anyone see that in the news? Um, and it was discovered in London, just next to the Shard, actually. 
a place where loads of people go. Yeah, this is them on. Look at that. <laughs> Can you believe that so many people were walking around? We had no idea that that beautiful mosaic was under our feet. And I feel that sometimes our gifts and our differences are a bit like that mosaic in many ways. They're hidden until somebody takes time to notice and until we invite God to gently brush away the debris of our lives that has kept us from living out our gifts. Perhaps that debris is words that are spoken over us that are not positive, that don't call out those gifts, the opposite of what God will do in you. Perhaps that debris is a lack of confidence in who you are and who you are called to be and the story that you carry. But you all have, and we all have, gifts that perhaps are shown, and we're really good at showing them, but perhaps for some, of the, for some of us, they're beneath the surface, like a beautiful piece of a mosaic. And your piece might look like speaking truth and light in dark places, healing broken hearts, fighting for climate justice, for those in poverty on the breadline. Maybe it's advocating for change in local government, or working with kids, or making someone a cup of tea in that exact moment they needed it, and you just have the the gift of doing that for every single person you know. And they probably tell you that too. Our gifts are varied. Our gifts, I can't even list because they're so, so many, because God has made each one of us unique. There is a unique, tailor-made purpose for your lives. You are you. And nobody else carries your story. And nobody else carries your set of unique gifts. Just for a moment, talk to the person next to you or have a think. If your gift is talking lots, maybe make sure the other person gets a chance. About what that thing is in your heart that you know makes you different, but that makes you you. That God has called you to. This is quite a tough one, just to start off, but... If you know what that is, just talk about that. Uh, and if you don't, just say, I'm not sure what that is yet. That's okay too. Have a chat. Okay. You might not have finished, but that's okay. Because I can smell a delicious lunch 
wafting through, which is quite distracting, uh, but it means you can carry on your conversations over lunch. So hold that thought. Okay. I'm going to read you uh, our passage today from the message paraphrase, and it, it says this. <clears throat> but now you have arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendant, heirs, according to the covenant promises. In Christ's family, there can be no division. In this short passage from Galatians, and even more so in the fullness of the whole of the chapter, which I do encourage you to read, we see Paul addressing the church in Galatia who have really lost their way. They understood the gospel and they really wanted to follow Christ and they were all in when they heard it. But now they've got tangled up in the law once again, in the do's and the don'ts. They've forgotten that the person that they follow, Jesus, is the fulfillment of the law and that when they follow Jesus, they live in love. And when you live in love, you can't help but do the very things of the law that were once tick boxes become your life, become your way of life and become how you live out that love for God. And they've forgotten that. And so Paul is speaking into that. Jesus comes into the world to fulfill the law so that those that follow him don't have to. They simply have to follow Jesus and your life will be transformed to live his way. And his way is the fulfillment of the law. Firstly, uh, in this passage, we, we find out about the height, I think the benchmark of our calling in Jesus and from God. And the benchmark is that we are children of God. That's our benchmark. Where do we start from? Where do we understand our calling? Where do we understand our differences? It's that we are children of God. Through faith, much loved by God. And when you're a child, not that mine is currently doing this, but when you're a child, you look up to your parent and you learn from them. Maybe that, maybe that's the problem. Um, but what we need to know is that God is that parent to us. That when we want to know what we do, we go to our parent. I still go and ask my parents sometimes, what do we do about this situation? You've got the wisdom, you've got the years on me that have been there, done that, and I want to learn from you. Well, God, the God of the universe, the God who is all-knowing, all-seeing, and omnipresent, he's got the answers. And so we go to him. We're a child of God. So that's the benchmark. You start from that place, in a place of awe, 
at the moment, even though sometimes she doesn't do what I say, I know that Lydia thinks that we probably can't do anything wrong because we, we love her and we're her parents and that's all she needs. And so we look up to our parents. If you are a child of God, you're to look to God with that same awe, a greater awe than you've ever looked at your parents. And maybe you didn't have good parents, but there would have been someone, an adult in your life that you looked up to that you can probably name in a second who showed you the way to live. That's the benchmark, that you are a child of God. And that is how we understand our calling and our difference. That's the height of our calling. And the breadth of our calling is our diversity as a community. How amazing it was to read that list of how wide our understanding of the world is, our connection with the world. And how amazing it is that that diversity brings a wealth of gifts. Together we are one, but we're made up of so many different parts. So many differences. Different backgrounds, different history, different finances, different stories that we tell, different skills, different things that we love different things that we loathe. But we're not one in our own strength. That doesn't all come together because we try and make it come together. It comes together because we're in Christ, much like when I went to church for the first time in India. I knew that I belonged, and I knew that my difference, I knew that the difference of those around me just brought us closer together because of Jesus. We celebrate that we're connected to many nations here at St. Paul's, and we really want to celebrate that today. We believe that this is part of the rich diversity of the kingdom of God and who he's called us to be. It's a foretaste of heaven where we recognize that each and every one of us has something to bring because we bear the image of God. God is a God of the nations. God created and God celebrates our diversity and the differences because that's who he made you to be. He made those things. And our stories are for sharing. Throughout history and today, our differences are used to cause division, but God meant them to cause unity, to bring us together. Because your life can only grow when you know someone else's story. And God's kingdom will grow when we learn each other's stories and we walk together in the way of Jesus. So the breadth of our calling is diversity. The height of our calling is that we are children of God. And the depth of our calling, I believe, that we learn from Paul's letter here, is that we belong to Christ. And that if you belong to Christ, you are heirs according to the promise. The promise made to Abraham that goes back 4,000 years. All the promises of God find their yes when you declare your faith in Jesus Christ. You belong when you follow Christ. When you want to follow Jesus close at his heels and look at him as your benchmark and live out your gifts, whatever they may be together, with all your differences and all the things that in your 
gut you've known all along make you different. That is a celebration. That is a celebration. And God's promises in our world can be fulfilled when we are who he has truly called us to be. Everybody playing their part. We have a habit of copying one another. Um, You can see it in so many, so, so many areas of the world. The way we dress, the way we talk. I don't know if you've ever hung out with a group of young people who sort of pick up a new phrase and then they all say it and you think, do you even know what that means? They don't, but they, they want to belong by being the same, but we can belong by being different because that's who God's made us to be. You can belong being who you are. Our calling finds its place when we recognize we each hold part of the beautiful mosaic that is hidden. When we find ourselves united, I think I said this um, a couple of months ago, around Jesus Christ, with whom we live in relationship and learn how to relationship with others around us. That's how we find our belonging. And if you can be you and belong, you really know it, don't you? That really feels like belonging. People celebrate you, they encourage you, they call that gift out more and more and more and you can become more of who you are meant to be. Now, I could have read from Corinthians on this passage, uh, on this topic. There are many gifts, one body, many parts. But I wanted to recognize that Before that part is that we are a child of God, that he has made us to be diverse, and that we belong to him together. If we each do the same thing, this church does not grow, God's church does not grow, it just becomes one stagnant I don't even know what that becomes then. <laughs> Nearly said, no, I'm not going to say that. Not that ill. <laughs> it just becomes like a block frozen in time that won't change anything. But if we are each who we are called to be and come with our differences, with our story to share, then God's church will grow, his kingdom will grow on earth. Each piece of a mosaic is different, even more so when it's made from broken pieces of something else. Have you ever seen one of those mosaics? A jar is broken and then someone uses it to create a new piece of art. We are all broken people. We come fallen, we come with our mess, we come with the burdens that we carry. We come with so much stuff when we come together. But when we come together in Christ, he creates the most beautiful piece of art. What you have to bring matters. Your story matters. How you got to this moment in your life matters. It matters to God and it matters to us here at St. Paul's. And we want to hear your stories and we want to celebrate that. And we want to be open to learning from one another and celebrating one another. And being part of the global kingdom of God. For some of you, perhaps you have a gift that you know in your Noah, as I heard someone say once, right now, you know in your Noah 
that God is nudging you to use it, pursue it, or speak to someone about it. Now, if everybody around you says, oh, I don't think you're very good at making cups of tea, actually, maybe don't pursue that one. (laughs) You've got to look to those around you because we're a body of Christ. There are people who have been calling out that gift in you that you've got a nudge about now for a very long time. Go to them. Talk to them about it. Pray. Bring your thoughts and your feelings to God and say, is this something you have called me to? That feeling I had when I used to get up to speak in my English class or whatever the class would have been, where I just thought, I cannot do this. When I went to train uh, for ordination, I got that same feeling when I stood up in front of my class to preach. Now, I've been preaching for ages. I'd been doing youth ministry for ages. I'd been leading an evening congregation for ages. I'd done it again and again and again, but put me in that place. Suddenly, that voice that said I couldn't do it started to attack. And for some of us, that is the voice we hear. A voice that says, no, you can't do that. That is not the voice of God if it makes you feel less than worthy. If you hear that voice and you go, oh, that feels peaceful. That's probably God saying, don't do that. It might be guarding you from making a bad cup of tea. But if that voice makes you feel less than worthy, that is not of God. That is the enemy attacking and saying, you can't do that. And that is not the voice we listen to. We listen to the voice of Jesus calling us to be unique, to be who he's made us to be, and to follow him. Amen. I think I might do the response. Thank you, Sophie. We're going to move into a response time.